Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling juice is dandy. You are listening to Phantasm Podcast. Hey, this is Trevor Sternad. Brian is back from the Black Dahlia murder. Captain Sarah from the Gabriel Warrior. This is Anthony Michael Hall. This is Dave. And this is Brett from Revocation. Hey, this is Larissa from Vendor Visit. Terrence from Suffocation. Join your host, Corey Gorkrist and Dr. Vincent West for exclusive interviews with the sickest bands in metal and more. Head over to cultofphantasm.com, the only gravesite for all things horror and death metal. No filler, all killer. Now, please welcome our guest of honor. Hey, this is Matt Barber from Ashes of Aries, and you're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. And it's Dr. Vincent West with the Phantasm Podcast, and I have the pleasure today to have on a man that needs no introduction, uh, one of the greatest voices in metal, and I'm here with Matt Barlow. How you doing, my friend? Good, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Thank you for doing this. We really appreciate it. It's a huge honor to have you on. I've been a fan for a long time. I know a lot of our listeners are excited to hear from you. And we'll be talking all of things. Uh, uh, Aries, uh, Well of Souls is now available. And uh, yeah, uh, just kind of jump right into this. Um, I wanted to talk, if it's okay, just kind of from the beginning, uh, how your involvement, how you came to be in uh, Iced Earth. Yeah, uh, well, uh, actually, it's kind of interesting. I, I moved down to Florida with my brother, um, my oldest brother, uh, back in, uh, uh, I can't remember, 89 or 90, uh, one or the other. I, I, can't, I can't recall exactly what, what year it was, but um, but uh, we, we moved down there to be in a band, and, you know, kind of we had our own our, our own band, uh, Cauldron, and we, you know, we had, uh, you know, great uh, ideas of getting, the, you know, getting a band together and, and, and doing that, and we did, we, we met a couple of, couple of guys, uh, we had, you know, some revolving members and things like that, and, uh, and we were actually, as most bands back in the, back in the 90s, 80s, you know, late 80s, early 90s did, um, and may still do it down in Florida, I don't know, but, uh, but we were hanging out. In uh, in storage units, that's where everybody practiced. You know, it was like pretty pretty well known. A lot of the, I, matter of fact, a lot of the big death metal acts um, of that era um, were all like in the same basic areas. You know, so they were all they all knew each other and all that. Now we now I was down in in the uh, Bradenton, Sarasota area. So uh, there were some other, you know, there were some bands that were in and around us. I mean, we had probably I don't know five six bands, you know, playing out of the storage unit that we were that we were we were in. And, uh, or not in the unit, but in the store, you know, in the storage uh, facility, and uh, and so uh, that's basically how how we we got I got kind of introduced to uh, Rodney Beasley, who was the drummer uh, for Ice Earth, um, back for Burn Offerings, um, and so he was actually in another band, um, and at, at that time, his I, I know I recall that his the singer in his band had. had passed away I think and he had gotten in a car car wreck or something oh wow uh, super nice guy um, he had passed away and so their bands were, were sort of 
you know, in limbo, and uh, Rodney got the gig with Iced Earth. Well, after, you know, after Rodney got the gig, uh, John was looking for vocalists, and, and Rodney said, hey, I knew this guy, you know, from this band down in, down in my area, uh, has sort of like a, you know, he does some, some thrash, some thrashy type vocals, but some King Diamond-esque uh, high stuff, and that's kind of what I was doing, you know, in, in Cauldron. My brother was a huge King Diamond fan, so it sort of makes sense, I guess. That's but, awesome. But, uh, so I went up and, and auditioned, and uh, it was like a really long kind of audition, you know, so it was it was really, uh, I think the thing is with, with John, it was the, you know, the third singer going in, um, he sort of had some, you know, Jeannie had a great relationship with, but there were some issues uh, that led to John Greeley, and then there were some issues that, you know, led John Greeley out the door, and so he just, he wanted to not only have somebody that he could work with, like as far as a, a vocalist, and, and they have the, you know, vocal abilities, but also a person that he felt like he could hang out with and could, you know, we could write stuff together and, and, and you know, go on tour and, and things would be cool. So uh, after sort of a long process, I, I got the gig and then we went to do, uh, to do burn offerings and, and that was, that was cool, you know, so it was, it was a, you know, a, a, a kind of a long, uh, um, just a long period kind of leading leading up to that. And I say long, it seems like a lot longer back in those days because I was a lot younger. To me, it's, now it's probably like a, you know, a blink of an eye and there you go. But um, back then it seemed like a really kind of a long process. Um, but then that's that's basically it. And uh, then, you know, history is, is as it is. You know, we, we went on to do, uh, you know, after burnt offerings, there was sort of a bad taste in, you know, in John's mouth, like with the whole, uh, the whole record industry and, and the label for, in particular Century Media he sure. had issue with at that time so uh, he kind of was able to at least rework the, the contract after that and things were looking up and then we kind of got into the Spawn thing and, and went with Dark Saga and, and that, that became kind of like a the breakthrough I, I, I sort of think that that was sort of the breakthrough for, for Eister um, where that's concerned because it just it was just like the right time and, and everything just kind of all of the, the stars aligned and all that stuff, and, and it was just a really good thing for us. And I had, I think it helped. I started breakthrough a little bit more in the U.S. Um, and out of out of Europe, and it was it was a big hit in, in Europe as well. But it definitely, I think, got Icer's foot more in the door in the U.S. and created more of a U.S. fan base and the kind of group in there. So. I wanted to touch on that real quick because Dark Saga was my first album from you guys. I also want to tell you that I think the Live in Athens is still my favorite live record I've ever bought. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Your vocals are so powerful on it. The music's so powerful. Um, I, the crowd, everything about it. Um, uh, I Die For You, the live version of that, of course, I was like, wow, this is, it was so, so amazing, you know, uh, and, and you know, it's cool to watch the DVD, but I I'm, I love listening to, the, I still listen to the record to this day when I'm on like a long trip, I'll listen to, you know, all the CDs and, and uh, it's it's beautiful. And uh, I, other question I had for you uh, down at that time, because I'm, I'm a big death metal fan as well, were there any of the bands that you guys were friends with down in there when you guys were playing down there? Or? Um, you know, I mean, I, I I sort of met guys kind of after after the fact. You know, I, now John knew a lot of the guys for sure for you know being in and out of Morristown for so many years. Um, he knew, he knew a lot of the guys, and I you know I didn't know some some people. Um, you know, some guys from Morbid Angel and and Chuck from from Death. I mean, I, it was you know still kind of a highlight of my life just knowing Chuck, and I I didn't know him that well. 
but just the couple times that I met him and, and spoke with him, he's just such a cool guy. You know, it's like kind of one of those things that you still go, you know, of, of all people, man. And, you know, obviously you don't, you know, you certainly wouldn't wish something as, as tragic as, as what happened with, with Chuck on any, anybody, but the guy was just such a sweet guy, you know what I mean? Right. And uh, a really, really brilliant guy as well. I mean, he had, he had it wasn't just death metal that, that was, you know, inspired, that inspired him. He had, you know, a lot of classical, a lot of classical background and stuff like that. And he wrote some really, really cool stuff, man. You know, um, he did some prog metal stuff that was that was amazing. And so, anyway, that's just kind of you know, off, off on a tangent there. But the, no, the it's, was, I remember the. I, it was the last tour that I saw him. He had Hammerfall with him, and I thought that was so fucking cool. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, yeah. so but but yeah, I was just curious about that. But yeah, back to the Dark Saga. Like I, 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 I really do. I love that. And the, the comic book thing, as popular as it is now, and you guys really touched on that way before that was ever even thought of. Um, you yeah, know, well, you know yeah, we were you know we were fans. You know, we're, John and I are kind of kind of both nerds, and it's kind of funny because um, I can't remember what, what Christmas it was, but I got all the guys in the in the, the band like action figures, and I got John. A Batman because he was a really big Batman fan. Awesome. I, I was cool, but also I I got Spawn and and I was so I was handing out you know gave gifts to the other guys of Spawn and I was like what what is that and you know, then that basically started off his his interest in Spawn and then he started going to get comics and read read through all of them and got inspired by you know by the storyline and and just you know it is what it is man it's it's pretty cool but um, yeah so that's, that's that was the interruption I can't. I can't wait for uh, McFarland to, you know, get, you know, make this uh, this new Spawn movie come to come to fruition. Man, I'm really looking forward to it. Oh yeah, it would be. I'm excited as well. And I, I guess you're probably were a fan of uh, the the HBO series. Yeah, that that to me was the the definition of something uh, as far as a, a visual form. Other than the comic book, that was that was it. That was the definitive visual form. So if they can make. A movie. I mean, they could, they've got it all storyboarded, man. I mean, literally, they could take that, that that HBO series and and put it to that and make a movie out of that. It was done. You know what I mean? I completely great. agree with you. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. And then so we'll kind of jump ahead here. I wanted to briefly touch on. Uh, would you mind talking about your involvement and how you became with uh, Pyramids, real quick? Awesome. Uh, so, a few years into into my law enforcement career, I was really you know focused on that. You know, um, obviously, I had and besides, um, I had a, a new son and, and another son on the way. Um, so, I mean, you know, my wife and I had our had our hands full with with a lot of things. You know, we were transitioning from we moved from Indiana to Delaware, and you know, Heather had had never been out of you know had never lived anywhere other than Indiana, and so it was kind of a big thing for us. So. You know, those first couple of years were were uh, you know pretty intense, and um, but it was it was kind of nice. I got a I think I got an email or a, no MySpace was it was it MySpace? Mike, Mike, <laughs> I think I think Michael reached out to me through MySpace, man, which is kind of bizarre, but it kind of puts it in the time period perspective. And um, he said, you know, I'm with this with this band Pyramids, and you know we're a Danish band, and we we understand, you know, basically said. Look, I understand that you you have another you have another gig, and uh, 
and we're, we just really would like to work with you. And so I reached back out to him and I was like, you know, this sounds like it could be a cool thing. You know, I, I got to invest in some gear and stuff because I, I really didn't have anything. Um, but I was, uh, I, I basically went and went and got, got this Pro Tools uh, rig and it was very basic. And, and I didn't really need, need anything other than just to do vocals. So, so basically he started sending me files and stuff and I started doing the vocals for it. Um, he sent he sent files and he sent lyrics. He had all the all the lyrics written to all the songs except for for one. He said, you know, I could I could write the lyrics for, for one song, but as far as the, the melodies and, and how the lyrics were done and I did I did move around some stuff a little bit on some of his lyrics with his permission of course. Awesome. Uh, but I just had you know, he said you can go with it to, you know, whatever your vocal melodies are, you know, run with it, do whatever you want with it. And so I did I, I think I had contacted um, and I told him that I, I wanted to, I wanted uh, Jim Morris to do the final vocals. I said I, I would start writing it, but I, when we come, when it comes down to vocals, I wanted him to do it. And he said that was cool. And I think that's when I reached out to Jim and I said, hey, you know, what do I need to, to get? And I think that he recommended the Pro Tools because Jim's a huge Pro Tools guy. So, um, so I got this basic gig and I started writing, and, and it was, uh, you know, it, it took very, it was very, you know, very fluid, and it took, you know, my wife would probably disagree with me disagree with me but I think it's a, it's a very little you know very short amount of time I mean I put a lot of time into it which meant a lot of time out in my studio but <laughs> right. you know, it was but it was you know went fairly quickly and uh, and went down to went down to uh, Tampa recorded uh, the final tracks with Jim just sent them over I'd never I'd never like sat down with Michael or sat down with any of the guys in Pyramid so it was, it was all just files you know so you know everything that they sent and I and I would like play certain things and it was kind of like pre like me knowing what the hell I was doing as far as sending files and stuff so yeah um, really they went into it they totally trusted me on the whole thing so um, which is cool because it, it worked out and, and so um, but yeah so we after Jim and I got the files all done we sent them over to, to Michael and um, you know Jake Hanson was the producer at the time, Jacob's you know pretty pretty famous guy. He does sure. full beat and, and, and is in Pyramids now. Um, oh wow! So, yeah, so it was it was cool, man. It, and it and it worked it worked out uh, worked out really well. And it was sort of my my introduction into it. Um, but at, at, you know, kind of along the same along the same timeline um, was when um, John had actually reached out to me and asked if I wanted to come back to East Earth. I said. You know, I, I would, but it would have to be another stipulation. I'd have to be able to work around my work schedule and things like that. And I did make sure that I told Michael and those guys, look, I'm, I'm going to go back with Ice Earth. Um, if you don't want me to do the record for, you know, for the fact that I won't be touring with you and stuff like that, I'm totally, I was totally cool with that. They were like, no, we want you, still want you to do the record. So I did the record, didn't do any touring. I sort of wish that I had. I wish I had done some shows with them because I think it would have kind of been cool even if it was just a few shows. But uh, but my plate was really full at that point. Again, you know, my wife and I just had uh, our second son, so two small right. kids. <laughs> uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't juggle my career in two bands and all that. And, no, know, that's... And, I couldn't imagine doing that and being in law enforcement and then trying to go on the road and be a dad. And that's got to be, yeah. 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 It was a lot. Yeah, my wife is incredible, and she was very supportive, and so... That's amazing. Well, I wanted to tell you, the the standout track for me on that record, and you'll have to forgive me for 
not recalling it. The the one with just you and the piano, Legacy and yeah, Legacy and Rhyme. Yeah, your vocals on that literally. And I want I want to tell you this. Uh, I had lost my friend to lymphomatic cancer about a year prior to that record coming out, and that that song got me through a lot of really tough shit. Well, that's, that's well, man, I'm, I'm happy to, you know, that it helped you out, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I think it's, your vocals are so powerful on that song. And I love Iced Earth, and I love Ash Terry's, but I mean, man, you really, that thing struck a nerve with me. Like, it was, to this day, it's, I think it's absolute, just beautiful music. And I just wanted to tell you that. That's why I brought the Pyramids thing up, honestly, also just to tell you that. But, um, and that's kind of, you know, that that song is sort of the reason that, that Jenna and I got together to do We Are Sentinels, because that's sort of what we were, you know, whenever Jenna had approached me with doing, like, a metal record. And, uh, right. you know, I from Pyramids, and I said, well, man, look, you know, you do this stuff really well. You know, you do this, like, uh, cinematic, like, orchestral stuff you know, orchestral stuff or, and, and piano stuff. I said, you do it really well, man. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I really wanted to thank you for that. I, um, I think that record is, uh, criminally ridiculously good. It's so good. Um, your vocals, like I said, they're outstanding on it. The mix, the production, everything. I like to listen to it with like these Bose headphones I have on and it's, it's outstanding, uh, to listen to. Uh, but, um, so uh, we'll get into Ashes of Aries, and would you like to talk about just briefly how you got started with that, and then we'll get into the new album. Uh, yeah, so um, basically when, when, I, when I rejoined Peister and we started touring, um, Freddie and I, we, we just like clicked, man, because he came on, he came into the band to, to play bass, um, so he was new to the band, and, and I was sort of new back to the band, and we just... We just clicked, man. We had a really good relationship, and we hung out a lot um, on tour. Um, did a lot of stuff together. You know, we go for you know walks and check out the cities and stuff like that. And we just spent a lot of time together. So we were we just kind of had a, a good bond. And um, and so whenever I when I whenever I departed, well, actually we've we've talked about doing some stuff because I know he's he writes a lot. Um, you know, he or he wrote a lot, um, and he had you know lots of stuff um, from previous bands and he's you know just a really well-rounded musician plays guitar bass drums you know the, the whole nine yards um so we had talked about doing something together outside of ice earth well i had left the band and uh, you know he had he'd stayed on with the band tour some did the did the uh, dystopia record i think or no no i don't know which record they did together it's not really i think it's dystopia maybe i'm wrong anyway um so did a, did a record with, with Ice Earth and did a tour and then he, he departed Ice Earth so when he was done he reached out to me and said hey do you still want to do some stuff together and I said yeah why not you know we got time and um, so that's basically how it started we just started writing writing music together um, we had about we had just about a, a whole record written uh, the first record when we got Van on board because Van had just left uh, uh, Nevermore okay. and um, you know Van and I known each other for you know 20 plus years or something and um, so that's that's how van got on board um and you know kind of the rest the rest is is you know, mystery where that's concerned but we you know we wrote the whole record got it got signed a nuclear blast put it out there we were able to do some touring did a european tour did a couple of u.s you know legs <clears throat> legs tours um and then there was a, a bit of a, of a hiatus 
Um, Van's wife was diagnosed, diagnosed with cancer. Oh my God, that's um, awful. Yeah, there was there, there was just a you know kind of a, a lot of things that that went on, which which led to kind of a, a lapse of time um, in between. And obviously, you know, he needed time to take care of things, and and, and we needed to. We were still writing, and a lot of the, a lot of the songs that are on Well Souls were you know have you know are several years old. At least the beginnings of them are several years old, and we tweaked things out as we got closer to, to recording. But you know, in the meantime. Uh, Van had gotten involved with Joseph Octavius, um, and it's, that's, I, I want to say that that's more his passion as far as, uh, you know, progressive, more progressive metal, uh-huh. and that wasn't, you know, that wasn't exactly where, you know, obviously where Ashes Berries is, we're more of a, just a heavy metal driven kind of thing. There's a little progressiveness in there, but just more straightforward. Um, so we, Freddie and I continued on with Van, Van uh, slipped out. You know, because it's a lot, man. You know, doing two bands would be a lot, and obviously, Gooship was was his his uh, his kind of his love more of his, more of his passion. We were still friends. Um, he actually did the record with us um, because he had time to do it. Uh-huh. Ash, so it worked out. Like he knew a lot of the songs, you know, prior to, so it didn't take him a lot to to get on and whatever stuff that Freddie had written. Basically, Van just kind of went and, and played. So. Awesome. It's really Graham. He's a great drummer, so it, it worked out really well. He was able to, to record all his stuff at his home studio um, for Well of Souls. I was able to record the vocals at my home studio, and Freddie recorded his stuff there. We all, <laughs> basically, Freddie and I got together with Rob at uh, Terrarium in Minneapolis and did the mix. And that's kind of you know what it what it boils down to. We were able to do a lot of the stuff just in our home our home studios, which is. You know, great for us. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, it just man, it just helps really on the. You know, we're here. Here's the thing: neither Freddie nor I are. Um, we're not sound engineers. A lot of I know a lot of a lot of bands coming out now are basically just becoming sound engineers as a as a means to write their music. There, so they're they're becoming engineers as they're writing or what have you, or as they're coming up. So a lot of bands can do almost everything, like in a home studio scenario. We can't do that. I mean, I, I can't. I'm just way too old, man. <laughs> I'm 48, almost 49 years old. So right. I, I, I come from the era of two-inch tape. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just like <laughs> yeah. back into that. So I'm not. I'm not a you know a, a really a studio savvy guy um, where that's concerned. I like to sing and I can I can record stuff on my thing, but it really doesn't take much for me to hit the button and kind of sing and. Uh, so that's that's where I'm at. But as far as we you know, we still need somebody that can that can mix and master and do all that cool stuff. Um, so that's why we you know we went to Terrarium. He's Rob. Um, it's where I where I recorded the vocals for We Are Sentinels. Rob's a super cool guy. We you know we we hit it off really well with uh, Sentinel stuff. So that's that's why we ended up doing the mix there and and, and all that. So it sounds uh, great. The record sounds fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it's, it's different. We and we we intentionally wanted it to sound a little bit different than than the first record, uh, as far as sonically. You know, we wanted we knew we wanted it to be a little a little grittier, and uh, uh, there was there were some low end issues a little bit. I think with the first record that we wanted to sort of alleviate. We wanted to like really punch through the guitarist to really punch through. We wanted to, to me be a more heavy guitar heavy record than the first one was. I think the first record we sort of uh, with the mix. Um, it was a, a little more vocal heavy 
and the guitars didn't didn't punch through as much, and we wanted to really make sure that this record did that. Um, so uh, hopefully everybody digs it. Um, you know, I, I haven't really heard anything bad about it as far as you know sonically or anything like that. Obviously, everybody has different musical tastes and things like that. You know, a lot of people compare. You know, is it Iced Earth or is it, you know whatever? It doesn't <laughs> right. Like, you know, but it, it is what it is, man. More ashes of Aries, and so we're not trying to emulate Iced Earth or or, or even remotely sound like Iced Earth. But sometimes, because they're my vocals, you're going to get that. So yeah, of um, course, and that makes that makes sense. That's going to happen yeah. with with stuff. Yeah. Um, and then um, uh, the album's out now. It came out November 9th, uh, and it came out on uh, Rock of uh, Angels Records. And I wanted to ask you a little bit, just real quick, before we do the track by track, but talk a little bit about the cover art. I love the cover art for it. Yeah, man. So, this guy I've known for, we, you know, we've known for years. Uh, he, he lives in Poland, Camille, and I, I don't, again, I don't dare try to pronounce his last name because I would murder it, I'm sure. <laughs> and, I don't want to do that to him, but but if you if you look on the liner records or even look, look him up, Camille, you know, artist, you know, whatever, Google Camille, Polish artist, you know, he's he's probably he just has a a look and a feel to his art that I've just you know drawn to. You know what I mean? Um, right. I, I always kind of have. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with 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 uh, like Simon Bisley. I've always been a huge Simon Bisley fan. Oh yeah, definitely. That's who kind of like. I, you know, I said, I told him, I actually told him that the first time I saw his stuff. So you really remind me of Simon Bisley with the way that you do things. And he, of course, he's a huge Simon Bisley fan. So it was like a, it was like a good work or even a Frank Rosetta. You know, I mean, he's got that kind of vibe, just, you know, darks with shades of light and things like that. And uh, I just always dug his stuff. So, um, and he reached out to us for the last record to do some artwork. We had already kind of committed to what we were going to do with the first record. We didn't want to go, you know, really arty, but we then Van did the artwork for the first record uh, with the logo and all that stuff. So yeah, it's Van, awesome. That is Van's creation, so that's what we went with that. So we wanted to do something different with this one, and and so we were pitching the concepts to him, and he, because basically we, we came down to it, he wanted to do something for every song. So we were like, okay, cool, right? You, you want to do that? That's fantastic, you know? Um, and he did the layout for the record as well. So he, he did all the, he did everything. Um, but we just started throwing ideas at him about what the songs were about and stuff like that. And he just picked it up and just ran with it and just, you know, blew it out of the water. So um, it's very powerful. Yeah. So the, so the front cover, you know, ends up being, um, you know, his vision for, for the Well Souls trilogy. That, that was kind of his, his thing. And that's what we, that's what we ended up going with because it was just, just look, really looked very heavy and just uh, I don't know, man. Just it. I just I love it. I think it's I think it's phenomenal. So I, I just love his artwork and I, I love his, his vision. Yeah, it's beautiful. It really is. And uh, if you're cool, now we'll go track by track of the new album, Well of Souls. Sure. Uh, and then the track one, uh, consuming the mana. Yeah. So so consuming is uh, is actually one that Freddie had written years and years ago. He wrote the lyrics um, and and had basically written the, the music we changed it a little bit because it was more of a death death metal kind of a kind of a vibe sure. um, so i i took the, the the lyrics that he had we i reworked them a little bit and make them more a little more singy um obviously to put a vocal melody to it um a lot of the what we do in the chorus part is 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 still basically his you know it's just like a little bit more barky a little more aggressive 
Um, so then the verses are, are a little sung more, a little more melody in there, but a lot of that is, is Freddie stuff, so it's really got his signature all, all kind of over it. Um, it's, it's about, the, the storyline is it's about the uh, Hawaiian warrior culture, because Freddie is, is uh, part Polynesian. Oh, okay. And, uh, he grew up in Hawaii and stuff, and so that's kind of kind of his his vibe. So, well, that's it's a it's a great way to uh, open the record, uh, and then uh, track two, the alien. Yeah, so the alien is about a uh, well, the original. Um, the ori- no, no, it's no, it's, a, it's actually about a superhero, um, and without without me saying, you know, coming right out and saying. Oh, um, gotcha! I think I know who you're talking about. You know, it's I'm a I'm adopted, and I I've I've been attached to the Chris Reeve era Superman and the comics in general since I was a kid. Uh, right. So that's that's that makes that song even more special for me. That's really cool. Um, uh, track three, unworthy. Yeah. So uh, unworthy is is kind of there, again. I I I tend to make things a little bit so people can interpret. Um, but this is definitely an individual who has who has some some, some problems, some internal demons, and um, kind of projecting, I guess you would say, uh, projecting these these things and, and, and taking taking in these these ideas. That, you know, people are are speaking ill, you know, ill of him, and it's not not necessarily if those things aren't aren't happening. Um, but you know, what are the ramifications of that? Uh, what are the ramifications of, of bullying? Of, of these of these things, especially if you're talking about somebody maybe who, who may have some some instabilities, um, whether they be physiological or, or uh, psychological, and and you know the the the, the potential you know, of, of of us as human beings um, instead of uh, instead of staying or, or dealing with somebody in, in such a negative way, um, actually maybe reaching out to somebody that that may have have some issues and seeing if that's if there's something that we can do to maybe help those people rather than, you know, just be um, looking at them as an outcast and, and, and doing nothing positive for these people. So that's that's kind of my 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 just that I tr- I sort of try to try to look at it from both both sides a little bit, um, outside and inside. But um, sure. it, that's basically that's basically what it what it boils down to. It's brilliant. I, I really like that. I, um, a, a track four, uh, Soul Searcher. Yeah, so Soul Searcher is kind of getting back to a theme that I really love. I'm, I'm, I really love the the, the vampiric uh, themes, um, which I've done, you know, on several records, not only Iceberg, but also the last record with with Ashes. Right. Um, so this is basically uh, about a a, a a lost soul, uh, somebody who has lost his soul actually, who's who's basically been damned to uh, to walk the earth, um, soulless, 
uh, a vampire and and trying to um, get his soul back from and you know obviously the only way that a, that somebody who can who has been uh, turned can get get their soul back or or, or reach salvation is to eliminate the uh, the vampire that that turned them. Um, right. But, uh, this person has been has been roaming there for for generations and has never been able to find that lo- locate that person. So that's sort of what it is. But also, again, with the the dual you know, the duality that I really enjoy, um, you can sort of look at that the, the the lyrics also as a as a as a love song or somebody who's been or or a, or a tragic love song, I guess, somebody whose soul has been crushed. And that's not to say that this is not this wasn't some sort of of. Uh, of loving relationship at one time, but you know, as, as things are, and relationships you know end or what have you. Right. This, this lost uh, or left running the earth, looking for their soul. So that's kind of kind of where we are with that. That's amazing. Uh, track five, Sun Dragon. Yeah. So Sun Dragon is uh, I've, I've sort of always been uh, a fan of like the big cataclysmic uh, stories. Um, you know, earth, earth-ending stories, and I and I've I've often wondered and sort of have been really scared about the, the possibility of, of a sun flare and of a large enough sun flare to really do some damage to the to the earth and what that would do to us as human beings and, and throw us back basically to the Stone Age if it was uh, right. if it was you know large enough event because it would not only you know potentially scorch the earth but also um you know kill every bit of power that we have you know in, in on, on the planet at one time so that would really throw us back uh, a lot and, and it wouldn't just be the event itself but also humanity um it would really become animalistic i believe in a, in a couple of days it would only take it would only take a couple of days and it would really be a nightmare so that's kind of my take on that you just you brought back my childhood. I started thinking when you were describing that Thundar the Barbarian, the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Um, and track six, transcending. Yeah, so transcending is sort of like the I guess the the uplifting song. <laughs> um, it's it's sort of meant to be uh, just that, that 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 you know you're moving to another another level spiritually, and sometimes. Certain events in life, and you know, in our life, can make us see the bigger picture and really appreciate life. Even, even sometimes, even the, the more tragic things that occur can really um, help us look at life in a different way and, and to help us transcend spiritually. And that's sort of where where that song goes. Oh, it's amazing. Um, track seven, "Let All Despair." Yeah, so "Let All Despair" is the the, the first song in the in the uh, the Well Souls trilogy. And it is kind of a, a, again kind of one of those uh, end, end of the world kind of a, a kind of a vibe, except this is uh, more along the lines of a, of a spiritual uh, change. So let all despair is almost a, a, a prophecy to to what's going to happen with the earth whenever the earth goes into a uh, another stage of, of life, which is oftentimes, as you know, like on a seasonal you know seasonally we deal with it here seasonally on a on a yearly basis, but sometimes the Earth itself goes into a dormant stage, um, which is also, you know pretty close to 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 death. Um, it's when there are no no more souls uh, created from, from Mother Earth, and um, and basically kind of life stops. But at the same time, it, it makes us very susceptible to other things in the universe, um, which leads us into the the next song. 
in the darkness, uh, which is the darkness is in this in this particular song, the uh, or in this particular trilogy, the uh, the boogeyman, or you know, the boogeyman of the universe, so to speak. Okay. Um, that and preys on on planets that are in their dorm- dormancy, and so you know, within this story, human beings. This is from a human. You know, humans looking out. This is the first time that humans have have actually ever witnessed this particular dormancy um, on Earth because we're we're pretty new here. You know what I mean? We're new to the to the neighborhood, so um, we're freaking we're freaking out. You know, we don't know what's going on and, and all this stuff, but there are you know people out there that do know, but most of humanity don't know, and uh, so that's that's where it's at. So you know, going into the next song. <laughs> Again, in the darkness is is about that um, that uh, that entity uh, out there in the universe that that preys on on planets. Oh, that's awesome! Um, and then track nine, Spirit of Man. Yeah, so Spirit of Man again is, is sort of that um, the 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 idea of humanity kind of and, and it's it's basically humanity crying out to the Mother Earth um, and saying, you know, you you can't you can't just leave us like this you know we're, we're you know we are we are vulnerable we need your help you know you can't you can't let us just perish you know and which you know at the end of the day you know humanity could be wiped from the earth and the earth would still survive um and we and we all know this you know we can look back at, at history like real history and see that you know the 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 top of the food chain has been wiped off the face of the earth before we know this and then it it lends rise to to other um, other life forms that then become the top, top of the food chain. Well, as humanity, because we can think and reason and we know kind of what's going on, think about how absolutely frightening that would be. And, uh, and so we're pleading out to the earth to keep us alive. So that's, that's basically where it is. I would love to kind of go back into this and revisit the story because I think it, there's a lot more story to it. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Awesome! It's, it sounds incredible. The story. I mean, I love the songs. I had no, no idea how much meaning behind the lyrics. It's amazing. Give me a different way to listen to it now. Uh, track uh, ten, Time Traveler. Yeah. So, uh, Time Traveler is actually um, I kind of wrote that with my with my kids in mind because um, we as human beings, you know, we 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 think of the, the idea of time travel, and you know, it's it's great. That uh, it's an awesome thought and all that. But you know, we we know that we are physical beings. We are we are we are trapped in in, in these these dimensions um, that only we can you know we can only survive within the, within these dimensions. There may be other dimensional beings that can travel through time or in time, but we can't. And so, um, our only means of, of time travel is to um, to have offspring and then pass our ideas down through you know through history and, and pass pass on stories and, and and our creations and all these things to future generations and hopefully that that sustains and that's our way of traveling through time so this was sort of to my to my two boys because they're my time travelers that's awesome that's really neat uh track 11 the god of war yeah so yeah god of war is is the uh, you know that, that's the, the namesake of our of our band basically uh is aries and so we wanted to pay tribute to uh to aries and it's it's it, it, it's sort of it's sort of one of those things i obviously the whole concept of Aries is kind of spooky. If there was a, if there was somebody that that was actually a, a personification of, of war, um, you know, what would that, what would that, uh, 
that person or that God live off of, and that would be chaos and, and war and, and betrayal and fear and all these things um, that war tends to tends to bring about. So that's kind of a lot of the lyrics you can you know kind of see into that as, as, as somebody uh, a personification of war. You know what 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 is that person feeding off of, and, and you know basically just talking talking in the ear of human beings and saying, look, you know, I've always been here, man, you know, so I know and I'll always be around. And uh and that's kinda kinda freaky and spooky, but that's kinda kinda the concept that we, we wanted to go with it. And uh you know, I, I when I when I was listening to what Freddie was writing uh, musically, I just thought it just kinda had that cool, creepy kind of vibe. So that's that's where we went with that. It's a great way to close out the record with the all the original tracks, and then of course you have "You Know My Name," which is a Chris Cornell cover. You want to explain why you guys decided to do that? Yeah, well, um, Freddie and I are really, really big uh, James Bond fans, and uh, we didn't even realize it until we we realized it that that uh, we both love that song, um, and, and it was kind of like one of those one of those things. It was like you know, like you know, it would be really cool to do this song, and I'm like. Absolutely, it would be. I mean, I love the song. I, I love, I love the fact that it was, you know, kind of in the the, the rebirth of the Daniel Craig version of, of 007. That was the, the the lead, you know, the kickoff. And uh, just, I've just always loved the song. Uh, and it just so happened, you know, with uh, with uh, Chris Cornell, uh, his passing recently. Uh, it just, it just made sense for us. You know, we just. Um, Freddie had, had, had done a, a version of it, a metalized version of it, and uh, we just wanted to do it. You know, we thought it would be a great tribute, and so we, we did it, and it was a lot of fun doing it, and we had a, we had a great time, and I, I think it adds to the, to the record. So. And that's from what, Casino Royale? Yeah, correct. I'm a huge Bond fan myself. I want to ask you this real quick, since it's just it's, it just popped up. Do you have a favorite Bond? I, I was destroyed uh, when Roger Moore died because I grew up with his movies and Sean's, of course, too. But him passing really bothered me. Like I, I was like, wow, yeah. this really sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely loved uh, Roger Moore as well, um, I, and you know all those movies, and that that was definitely my my era. Um, uh, and I was, you know, I was always watching Sean Connery, um, the older Sean Connery films uh, with my dad, because that was, you know, more my dad's Bond, and you know, so then uh, Roger Moore and and, and uh, you know, uh, oh shoot, uh, Timothy Dalton, and you know, those those were probably my my era in the eighties, nineties, stuff like that. Uh, Pierce Brosnan, the Dalton and, films, I think, are great. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I. I I've loved, I really loved them all. You know, there's there were there were a couple in there that were a little, you know, uh, but I think that they've they've gotten they've done really well. I think they did a, a great job with with uh, Daniel Craig and they and they you know brought it into a, almost a more modern, uh, I, dare I say, more believable bond. It's definitely sure. not believable. Sure. But, you know what I mean? They're, they 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 kind of um, gotten a little more grounded, a little more. I think they were probably inspired by the you know the Jason Bourne type action stuff um which is which is cool with me you know i'm i'm, I'm really cool with that it's really hard to uh, it's, i'm sure it's really hard for them to compete now with with movies like like the born stuff and, and or you know like john wick you know a big john wick fan now oh yeah uh, but uh but you know you still have to you still have to do that you know with with an action film you have to be kind of cool and 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 hip kind of you know, a little, you know, a little trendier along on you know modern trends and things like that. So, yeah, it's cool. I think 
Do you, do you have a do you have a favorite you could name from each from each bond? Do you think? Uh, I, I man, I don't know. Um, see, I would say maybe Goldfinger uh, for Connery. Um, I really like For Your Eyes Only. Um, that movie's Roger. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dalton, I'm not really sure. I mean, uh, uh, Lazenby, obviously there's only one, which was sure. awesome. It is a good movie. Um, yeah, it's a great movie. I think he was. I think he was a great Bond. I, it's just unfortunate that he, his time was so short lived. Um, uh, Goldfinger, or I mean, Goldeneye for Brosnan, for, for classic. Yeah. Um, and then probably, yeah, probably Casino Royale uh, for for Greg for for Daniel Craig. But uh, that's yeah. Did I get them all? I don't know. Yeah, you did. You know, my favorite Connery's Diamonds Are Forever. Is that weird? I don't know why I like that one so much. I I saw it, you know, like on ABC Sunday Night Movie growing up, and I was like, man, this is... I just really liked it, you know? And then, Roger, I'm going to have to go with you on For Your Eyes Only. I've always had a soft spot for that one. I don't know. I really like that. Uh, and then Dalton, Living Day... Uh, but yeah, um, I wanted to thank you so much for this. Uh, it's been an absolute honor. Uh, well of Souls is available now uh, from Ashes of Aries. It's an amazing record. It's one of my uh, top ten picks from last year, my Dr. Vincent West list of albums from 2018. It's fantastic. And just real quick, did you guys have any uh, plans? Are you all going to be playing any shows? Or? Yeah, we're working on stuff right now, man. I don't want to announce anything until we, until we get things Sure. No, it's okay. When we do, we'll put it on the page for you. And uh, like I said, this has been an absolute uh, thrill for me. Um, and I can't thank you enough. Uh, it's such an honor to get to speak with you and, and everything. All the years of listening to your great music. And I know our fans will be happy to hear this. And uh, yeah, pick up Well of Souls from Ashes of Aries. It's available now. And uh, yeah, I can't thank you enough, Matt. This has been an absolute honor. Hey, right on, man. Thank you. My pleasure. Choices you can make on Super Tuesday for your country, or you could just choose Godless Heathens. Available now from myself, Dr. Vincent West, Medical Doctor, baby.